Okay, hey Jason, how are you doing? I hope you had a good night. We talked yesterday. That was good. That was a wonderful talk. Uh, actually, we've been talking quite a lot recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you miss me too much. Uh, just kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been nice. It's been nice. Um, mm-hmm. um, Spotify has been doing kind of okay. I've been seeing a bunch of views. That's uh, good. That's good from our side. Uh-huh. It's it's actually in the plus in terms of how many listeners we're getting, like percentage. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, it's just been like the usual, you know. Nothing much okay. is changing. Yeah, Nothing yeah, much yeah. is changing. Well, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd hope that we're getting better at what we're doing, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's this clear, there's clear. So you can see some clear progress though, so that's that's always good. Oh uh, yeah, I mean like we're getting more listeners. We are, we have we're out on Spotify now. We actually have themes that we're working on instead of just random conversations. So I think that's growth. I would say that's growth. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. That is growth. Mm-hmm. And let's start by going into a request we got from one listener out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your friend Oscar, she said mm-hmm. she wanted us, or she ex- kind of expected our conversation to go into light and darkness. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So light and darkness as a concept. So we'll just go into it very quickly, right? Light and darkness as a concept. What does that mean, really? What does that mean to you? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Nighttime and daytime. Nighttime, nighttime and daytime. And daytime. Yes. I believe the concept of light and darkness comes from our the fact that as human beings we are dying with creatures. We do not live in the night. The night scares us. The night causes causes thoughts and imaginations of monsters and demons, right? Yep. So we hide in our caves and now in our houses to protect ourselves from the night because we don't know what's out there in the, in the darkness. I think and as dawn comes, as the sun rises, we feel safe and the sun is God. And in many religions, the sun has been worshipped. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's interesting that I think our it it stems from our great ancestor. You know, I forgot the name, but like we all stem from this. Like all mammals stem from this small animal. Mm-hmm. Um, this animal that survived through the extinction level event that killed off the dinosaurs. Like it was a shrew, right? Like a, a shrew. like a shrew or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And. A lot of our biological, like base biological, like instincts today, still work, or are the mm-hmm. same as most mammals, right? And mm-hmm. if you really think about it, it's like it would make sense that that tiny shrew would be scared at night, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like it was almost like it was bigger than a mouse or a rat, but it was still kind of small, right? So like mm-hmm. you can imagine all kinds of predators who are like stalking it at night, you know. It probably needed to curl up in some hole or some, you know, cave or some tree somewhere just to stay safe, you know? Yeah. And even though we, we evolved from that and we became bigger and smarter animals, there were still things like lions and tigers in the dark, right? So yeah, exactly, exactly. you can imagine like our ancestors were still like, we all like, okay, at night you do not, you do not go across this line, right? Everyone stays by the campfire and we all stick exactly. together. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And um, so we, I guess we just took that concept and we, we turned them into symbols, right? Darkness being this unknowable thing where all our fears and potentially also um, where our feel, fears are at for sure, but potentially also where the future is at, right? Yeah, Usually, it's true, yeah. You know, like the darkness, you're very right. The darkness defines everything that is that is not known, right? Yes. And yes, because yes. It, is not known, it is not known, we tend to associate that darkness with chaos. Yes. But the thing about things you don't know is that the things you don't know are, are what could lead you to heaven, right? Yep. So sometimes your search for paradise, your search for a, a good life can only be found in what is in the unknown. And uh, like similar to entropy, I think mm. if you're trying to live a good life, mm. you, the, there'll be more chaos around you that you're putting into order. So that exactly. darkness slowly gets like smaller and smaller mm, as mm, your mm. field of competency gets bigger and bigger, right? Mm, 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 mm. And you just start to see like a face or something that used to scare you in the darkness becomes a welcoming smile, you know? Mm, mm, mm. Exactly. Be... Yes, yes, yes. There's yes. a difference between you being scared of that beautiful woman you see in every day thinking, oh my God, she doesn't even know what I exist. And suddenly mm. a few months later, after you said hi, you guys are getting married, right? Yeah, yeah, that's literally yeah. like she was once an unknown, and now she's like a part of your life. She's literally, you know, with you. The so, darkness is now your guiding light, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, some things that scare you in the dark become very welcoming when you shine a light on them. So, mm-hmm. so in this in this sense, is God the light or the dark, or is God both? I think God is supposed to be both. God is both. Yeah, God is both, right? Yeah. I believe he created... Um, he is both creation and destruction, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I, I do think he represents the dark and the light. I think this the, the Hindus explain this very well with the goddess Shiva, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Shiva is... Uh, Shiva is the third god of the of Hindu triumvirate, you know? Like, when you think about Catholicism, you think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So Shiva is like the third God in that. And the, the term consists of three gods who are responsible for creation, upkeep, and destruction, right? Mm-hmm. So all these three gods, they're, they're kind of one thing, you know? They, it's mm-hmm. like, it's Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be one thing, but it's like individual aspects of this thing are responsible for various aspects of existence mm-hmm. creation upkeep and destruction but in order to create if you create you must manage you must upkeep so she Bra- brahma creates vishnu brahma preserves preserves uh-huh. and vishnu destroys shiva yeah sorry shiva yeah shiva destroys yes okay yes. Okay. Yeah. okay okay i actually know nothing about hinduism <laughs> Oh man, I, I should a couple of years back I was just deep into Hinduism and just reading all these books. I should definitely read something about the mythology. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting. Like but... if you just the first book to get is just uh you know the the, the famous book, what is it called? Bhagavad Gita. It's it's a bit it's a book you have to read over and over again. It's a very small book. Mm-hmm. Very small, like it is I think just a little over hundred pages, I think. Ah, okay. That is a very yeah. small book. And it, it comes off at like so, sort of poetry. Uh-huh. 
not really poetry but it's like uh what do i want to call it yeah poetry what's the type of this type of poetry called oh, i forgot the name i forgot the name anyway it's, it's kind of like poetry and it's very short but i think it's something you have to do over and over again to kind of get the point and some of the historical uh, there aren't really many historical facts i guess but it's it's an interesting story it's interesting okay 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 yeah yeah send it to me later i'll take a look at it okay. we'll do we'll do um you know what's really interesting is that we applied mm-hmm. this light and darkness to almost again it became symbols we applied to almost everything mm-hmm. that we see in our daily lives i think the most interesting example is idea of colored skin right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. white being light mm-hmm. and dark skin being darkness mm-hmm. what do you mean black people mm-hmm. black people are darkness and white people are light uh, in what sense exactly in what sense okay mm. To actually to break that down, we need to even go a bit further into like light and darkness. Somewhere along the mm-hmm. line, light became in, in, in colors, right? Representation. Mm-hmm. Light became white and okay. darkness mm-hmm. became black, right? Mm-hmm. Which innately makes sense, I guess, right? You don't need to think about mm-hmm. why somewhere along the line someone decided, okay, this makes sense. Light should be white mm-hmm. and this should be black, right? Mm-hmm. But to go even deeper into that, white became rep- the representation of good. Mm-hmm. And black mm-hmm. became the representation representation of black. I mean, no, of bad, bad and evil, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, maybe is maybe not the best way to look at it because, like what you said, it's more like order and chaos than good and evil. Mm-hmm. And you need both. You need both order and chaos in in order to like live properly in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people have been thinking it as like good and evil, and when you take that idea and apply it to like the color of one's skin, suddenly mm-hmm. you look at black people and you think black people are like monsters, devils, demons, you know, dark skin, dark skin, they're black. You so, know? Uh, so with this, I would wonder whether this was the case prior to the advent of Christianity, which was, it has always been this way because I, I imagine I was reading some books on Roman history and during the Roman times, you see, they had a lot of like interactions with people of, of African descent, and it didn't, Rome, and know? it didn't seem like they mattered. It, it didn't seem yes, like it yes, cared. Yes. It cared to them, yeah. And even like, well, there's this documentary we're watching about the history of slavery, where they're talking about like Lisbon, the capital of Portugal in the 1500s, I believe, mm-hmm. whereby like black people could go as slaves and end up becoming aristocrats. Aristocrats. So, is this really a religious thing, or is just that a modern thing caused by slavery? Especially not just slavery, but how? slavery evolved in america in the americas i think it's almost like propaganda they just yeah. they probably used it to make it easier to it make it easier for the public to accept the idea of like enslaving a whole race of people you know because mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. ideas like this how do you justify it right mm-hmm. you just you're literally kidnapping people from their homeland and making them into slaves it's like mm, mm, mm. somewhere along there you go like oh no actually don't worry we're good because these aren't people these are animals you know they're just in the form mm. of people <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like look at their skin they don't even talk the same language we do they're godless mm. people who cares you know 
Yeah, you have to sort of make justifications like that. Because the public will, it, w- over time, the public will start to really think about it and go like, what we're doing is kind of fucked up, don't you think, right? Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, well, that's what happened in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the U.S. altercation, or the, not U.S. altercation, it's more of like a straight-up invasion of Iraq mm. on the pretense that there was weapons of mass destruction. In the mm. beginning, everyone was like, yeah, fuck these guys. We're going in. We're going to kill the bad guys, right? And then after a long-term occupation, especially with the failed attempts to create, like, democracy, you know, in Iraq, to bring democracy and justice to, to Iraq, right? People... The time, time allowed people to start to think about what they're doing, actually doing there, you know, sending all of their young men over there to do what, to do what, you know, and then like, as, as things unfolded, like, um, they figured out there's actually no weapons of mass destruction. Everyone started getting really angry, right? Mm-hmm. Cause it was just like, we're sending our young people over there to like die for no real good reason. Right. So again. Again, again, like just using it as propaganda to enslave people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think actually, um, actually, you should just leave it at that because our next topic that we haven't talked about so much is spirituality. You know. Yes, yes, yes. We have a f- two episodes to talk about this. Now we've talked for about religion for two weeks, three weeks actually, three episodes. Or has it been, yeah, three or two, I'm not quite sure. So now we go into spirituality. What does it mean to be spiritual? What is spirituality? No, that, what does it mean to be spiritual? That is, that's so, I'm reading, I, I was, I've been reading this book by, so it's an autobiography of Carl Jung. Carl, Carl Jung, Jung, okay. Yeah, so Carl Jung was talking about how his father was very religious and he did not question what the church told him. And okay, don't want okay. to think about what the church said. Just want to he wanted to accept and be and believe that's the way the world is, and mm-hmm. that should not be questioned, right? Mm-hmm. And Carl Jung goes to say that when he was a child, he had some spiritual experiences, and he believed those spiritual experiences were God talking to him, or rather, he was experiencing he was experiencing God in a in a sense, right? But he knew whatever he was experiencing was so far removed from what his father. Uh, try to explain when we're talking about God and religion, you know? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about spirituality, I think to be spiritual means to have access to God. If I'm going to use this. So I, w- I will say it's... it's <clears throat> Being spiritual does not mean you're religious. And being religious does not mean you're, you're spiritual. So... I think the two are not, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. I... Th- think they kind of well it depends but in mm-hmm. most cases being religious means you're spiritual in most cases yeah or, i'll say most in cases. most cases why why do you say that because after looking at it a bit i was just like being spiritual spirituality is actually it's just the idea of be- believing in something mm-hmm. bigger than yourself really it's it's okay. it, like even you believing that mother nature is watching out for you that means you're spiritual actually it's as simple as that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. so i'm like mm-hmm. i know we talked about that being god and stuff like that yeah sure we can use that definition of god sure so like 
Mm-hmm. As long as you believe in a godlike figure mm-hmm. or some sort of entity that is watching over you or something that you can devote yourself towards, mm-hmm. then you're spiritual. Well, but I'm going to make the argument that sometimes people are religious because it's a societal requirement, you know? Like if you live in a society where everyone goes to church every Sunday, you don't be the guy who says, no, I don't go to church because I don't believe in that. And if you go to church and you're eating the communion and you're praying like everyone else, no, you're not praying, you're just closing your eyes and people to pray. Mm-hmm. Eventually the habits, or not the habits, sorry, the, the routine becomes a part of your life, which makes you to a degree religious. You're performing the rituals, right? There's no way I can speak. I can speak Japanese, look Japanese, uh, have a Japanese name, and not and not say to some sense I'm Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say religion and spiritual spiritual are not the same. You can be religious and not be spiritual. So the person who's going to church every day, you know, they do every Sunday. I, because, I, because they don't. I agree. I agree. Uh, I was just saying, yeah. in most cases, I think most people mm-hmm. are. So mm-hmm. most people are. The people who are religious, in most cases, they are spiritual too. Mm, mm, mm. Um, like removing the cases with like of kids, because kids aren't mm. really thinking about it that much. Like you said, kids mm-hmm. don't really have that brain capacity to really, even not even brain capacity. They don't have the time, you know. Being around for like eight years in this world, seven years, you don't really think about is this religion right for me? Like an eight year old isn't thinking about that shit, right? So. Let's talk about people like in their like eighteen year olds, twenty something year olds, you know. Once they've okay, had but, enough time to really le- think about religion and spirituality, the topic of no, religion no, and spirituality. Let, let me say this. I think philosophizing of religion and spirituality doesn't make you religious or spiritual, right? Yeah. It, now the kids a kid can't have a religious or a spiritual experience. They might the only thing they lack is the words to to express what they have experienced, right? Also, people wouldn't take them seriously because they don't have exactly, that life experience. Exactly. So, so the kids, a kid can be more spiritual than an eight-year-old man. A kid can be more spiritual. Yes, more spiritual than an older man or an older woman or just an older person, right? What so does more spiritual kid, mean in this case? In the in this in this case, I'm talking about the experience of feeling like you're one with nature. Or whatever that they are, whatever. That whatever they, are. they yeah, like kids. Okay. Kids are spiritual, right? Because what is spirituality other than being one with the universe, right? When kids play with with with, with animals, you know, they, they, you know, as a as an adult, right? When I look at a dog and I and I pet a dog, I pet a dog with with the notion in the back of my head that I am superior to this animal. Really? Yeah. Don't you don't you think you're better than dogs? Is there no no place in your mind that you believe? Yeah, this dog can't do math. You know, <laughs> you, know you know what so I mean. Of better course, than it. I don't know, but maybe yeah. But to be fair, I the, I will never feel that a dog is better than me. Maybe it can run faster than me. Sure, sure, sure. Would, sure. I, would, I, I that okay. That yeah. I agree. That I agree. Yeah, there's no way I can ever feel a dog is. I always feel like I'm better I, than I wouldn't. Than animal. I wouldn't feel like I'm better than a dog necessarily. Like it's such a weird thing to say. It's like saying I'm better than a shark. You know, or saying a shark is better than a bird. Does that comparison mm. really make sense? It's like they're no, two, it, it they're two, they're two different, totally but, different animals. You know, it doesn't. But what the point I'm trying to make here is this: that 
as an adult when i deal with animals i deal with them from a place of sp- superiority right i think the, that's the true dog most people is my pet the yes, dog yes, is yes, my yes, pet yes, 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 the cat is my pet you know mm-hmm. but when a kid is dealing with animals they not think of it as a, from a place of superiority i think they think right? of it as a partner as a buddy exactly exactly as it's, an it's, equal it's maybe. one of them when kids go and play in the park and they're rolling in the grass it's like they they're experiencing the grass they they are being one with the grass and that in of itself is a spiritual experience we as adults will really call it a spiritual experience we call it we call it playing we call it petting a dog but the kid in a degree is is communicating with the animal maybe not 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 in the scientific definition of communication but the kid is communicating with the dog right you and i wouldn't do that i'm like okay it's a dog it wants food it wants water it wants to go for a walk that's all i think okay okay yeah but the kid isn't thinking like that the kid is trying to to interact with the dog to interact with the dog in a on an on a on a level playing field right mm-hmm. that is a spiritual experience now as adults we lose that because of categorization we are told human animal human animal right also added i feel like the level of symbolism that our brains work at like we mm. keep on adding layers of symbolism and the symbols also get colored by experiences too yes mm-hmm. so there's just there's just so much there in our minds mm-hmm. we can't be in the moment like mm, the same exactly way kids, exactly exactly and well, what the most can. religions speak about yeah most religions talk about accepting the moment being in the moment right Mm. What is enlightenment? When you talk about Buddhism or Hinduism, it's being in the moment. And what human being is in the moment more than a kid? Kids are always in the moment. Cuz they, they have nothing else in their mind. Exactly, exactly. Nothing in their mind's eye. Rather. Yeah. And so is that spirituality? Yeah, I guess so. But um like even even the Bible, right? The Bible talks like you can only enter the kingdom of heaven when you when you become like a child. Oh yeah, there's a quote like that. Exactly. So that means the kids are the most spiritual. As adults, this the symbolism, the categorization. This really makes a lot of sense because I don't know if it was Carl Jung, but one of the big philosophers, the psychologist mm-hmm. said that um one of the main journeys, one of the main obstacles once you've become fully become an adult is to go back mm-hmm. and rediscover the child that got left behind. Yes. Yeah, I think that was Carl Jung, yeah. 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 Um and i think that's part of it rediscovering that oneness and the wonder that you lost in the pursuit mm. of like um living as a proper citizen in society because when you live mm. in a, a proper citizen in society you sort of get hammered into one specific hole right mm-hmm. specialization right like you go from university you have to work in a very specific job in that specific job you rise to a very specific position in that position you have to do something very nicely to like rise above everyone else you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, above mm-hmm. all the other competition so mm. you get hammered and hammered into this one field that you mm. granted you might become very good at and society says oh this person is providing a lot of service let's pay them a lot of money but mm-hmm. you feel I think there's some part of us after a while even being very good in one field that feels like trapped. Of course, of course. So now you have to go back and 
just rediscover your passions you know rediscover like what is it what is it what does it mean to be here you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because maybe you've been trapped in that cycle of like oh i'm just this big businessman i do business things every day every day every day every day every day at some point you'll just go like when it's usually when your mortality starts creeping up right then you go like wait what have i been doing you know is there like a okay. real meaning to all of this you know now when you when you say that i would like to make the comparison to religion i would say that is religion doing the same thing over and over again without and eventually you no longer see the point in what you're doing you know mm-hmm. catholics take communion every other sunday i don't think all of every catholic that say communion is thinking oh this is the body of christ some i will even argue most are just doing it because this is what i do on sunday ah ah okay 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 yeah now spirituality will be to take that communion and to truly believe and to accept this is the body of christ uh-huh i think that's spirituality i think from my point of view religion is just to do it because it's what you do on that given day uh-huh uh-huh like to be to be the guy rising up the ranks in a company like doing this having this one job or working for this one company for several years that company is now your religion the expectations of that company are your religious ideals you know mm, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 to a certain extent i do agree yeah 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 mm. spirituality is different spirituality is going and seeking your passion you know that's spirituality Okay, okay. Yeah. Then the next question is what does it mean to have a soul? What is a soul? And do Jesus, you need And do you need spirituality? Do you need a soul to be spiritual? Is is a soul consciousness? Is that what it means to have a soul? To that's be conscious, the, that's, to be aware. That's the way I interpret it. I don't think yeah. a soul is necessarily like physical thing i think it's more of a construct that we made to describe our consciousness the very yeah, core I, of your being the very core yeah, of your so, being is your soul <laughs> but now when you talk about the core of your being you know like what is the core of your being what does that mean i think it's just a bunch of like oh so okay. the, it's a bunch the core of, of your being it's it's your it's your experience like There's, experiences there no actually, actually there, is, there is no core there is no core there is no core there is no soul action there is no soul it's just consciousness it's just consciousness and I... in this sense consciousness is just everything is the amalgamation of your experiences and your biology right i think it's just again it's just something we use to describe consciousness yes and and if, okay so the human brain has allowed us to learn from such from experiences in our lives right mm-hmm. and the experiences you have are also influenced by the biology you have for instance if you're born with a limp if you if you if you always have a limp there are certain experiences you will be forced to have that will tend to govern the person you will eventually be right mm-hmm. like imagine someone okay just imagine a guy who's like born with all the testosterone right he grows up to be like 65 he's muscular He has a perfectly square jaw. There's a way that person's that person that person's life will turn out that everyone that isn't him can't cannot imagine, right? Yep, that is true. So, is it that he has a soul 
or this body that allowed for these experiences to happen that led you to be like this? The soul itself can't be... Again, I'm not saying the soul is like its own thing. It, it is part mm. of... It is consciousness. It is consciousness. Mm. When people talk about the soul, they talk about consciousness. So... Okay, so when I think about this, your soul is... Okay, let, I'm just going to use soul. I'm not saying this is a soul. I'm going to use that, that term. Mm. Your soul, if it is a thing, your soul is a cup. And from the time you're born, things are being poured into that cup. Like a drop of happiness here. Two so, cups of trauma. Two cups of trauma, you you're know? On the premise, Three cups of love. You're on the premise that the soul can change over time. If the soul is a thing. But it does change. Or rather not change, it is influenced. It is influenced, right? The soul it is something is that it, okay. It's okay. something I think. Okay, I guess it does make sense because mm-hmm. if we're gonna use religions as context, mm-hmm. in many religions, your soul, depending on your actions, can be elevated towards enlightenment or be damned into hell. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is some sort of influence that you can place. This. This what. There is influence that you can be pla- that can be placed on the soul itself, right? There's the idea of like a damned soul, a soul that is like a black soul, right? Yeah, and I, I would like to see, yeah. So the soul is ultimately the vessel that takes in all the influence, all the external influence. That is the soul. Okay, the core of your being the core of your being and that there's no it's not a thing that can't be changed because i think its job is just to be influenced the job of the soul is to be influenced so when you say change i don't even know when you say change do you mean like can it change no, its say, nature no 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 i'm not saying change i mean influenced influence no no i i'm i'm taking away that word changed okay. i'm no longer using that word okay okay so the purpose of the soul is simply to be influenced so, so there is no such thing as finding your real self. Where is your real self? Your yeah. real self is just all the experiences you've had. Yep, you're constantly changing. Yes, you... so there is no, there is no static real self. So, when you talk about Hinduists and Buddhists, talk about the idea that your real self, like the core of your being, is the thing that is aware of all the experiences. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. 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 So the core of your being is simply awareness according to Buddhists and Hindus and some other religions. I don't know all of them. So if that is the case, then there is no such thing as you and me. There is no such thing as me and the laptop in front of me. It's all just one thing. But as I speak to you right now, it's very hard for me to accept that. Because I feel like I'm Oscar talking to Jason, you know? As in, not one physical thing? Not one physical. Like, even like, what do you mean one physical like so this is the argument because there's definitely me. something this is this is a physical world yeah so like, and this is the, buddhism this is the doesn't even like and a lot of religions don't deny that there's a physical world it's more of like the physical world is part of something bigger okay so i will i will i'm going to make a counter to that the buddhists will ask you this question when when does your skin begin when, where does your does your body end and the world begin? The Buddhists will ask you that question. The point in which if, I feel pain. I feel the ground. 
exactly so now the, the buddhist will again ask you this is it jason feeling so what's feeling this what's feeling the ground uh-huh. what's feeling the ground right the buddhist also ask it all i think it's the, the police buddhists who will ask you like during meditation to try to find your head try and look but look f- around and try and find your head there has to be right? something to break away from in order to like discover that hidden part of ourselves that is the now, observer right like, exactly now, like that, that's what the buddhists for say the, the whole, do for the whole say premise that, like they have to accept that there is some sort of world to break away from and that is the physical world right the the hindus and the buddhists as well call this maya the illusion that you think everything is separate right because they do believe everything is one thing and to be enlightened to be awakened is to see it as to see everything as one to break away from maya the illusion that everything is separate uh-huh. which yeah. is which i can can understand i can can understand because I mean, like, you're not really you're not really separated in any real sense from everything else yeah we're not we're not separated right so it goes back to the idea of categorization which is a which is a consequence of human language right language actually i think what influenced what our actions and our culture influence the language i think it's the culture that came up we just decided one day that people can own things the minute people started owning things it's like okay now we have to put labels and everything and the minute we started putting labels and everything it's like okay our language has to be updated mm, mm, mm. i think customs come first and the language and even stories come next mm, mm, mm. Mm, i agree with that i agree with that so someone somewhere along the way just decided yeah this is i own this uh the sky is that uh, big blue thing in the sky i don't think anyone can own that so we're making a rule on that <laughs> you know <laughs> just labels working together as groups are just making labels everywhere you know mm, mm, mm. and it's like it's a cute it's like a kid with a it's like a kid with a tape gun you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then one of the tags, the name tags guns and it's yeah, going yeah. around. <laughs> this is the sky. <laughs> yeah. This is mine, you know. <laughs> this animal right here belongs to us, you know. <laughs> this is our country right here. Let's draw these mm. borders. And uh that's just the way we've been living. That's how our civilizations have worked for a lot of history, you know. There's only just been a very few like groups of people who have like like nomad type uh cultures. that haven't really tried to own own things they've just gone around and live off of whatever they can find you know yeah you can't own much you're always moving around yeah and like, like, the idea of ownership it. yeah the idea of ownership in those societies are is very like like you said it it, it, it doesn't make sense so the, the idea of ownership just doesn't exist it's not as strong as let's say capitalism capitalism it's like ownership is everything right Yeah, capitalism can only work if people want to own things. And if you really take capitalism to its like final conclusion, everything has a price tag, really. Mm-hmm. Everything has a price tag. If you have the money, it can probably be bought, right? Yeah. You yeah. can buy love. You can buy your social no, right. I don't think you can buy love, you can buy affection. 
you can buy affection you can ah, you can buy love you can buy love well, i mean because like okay so what does love mean here what i'm like here? If, if if you were the richest man in the world oscar i'm telling you girls will be willing to love you they'll find ways to love you you know obviously people I mean, will argue that isn't real love right but it's like it might turn into yeah, love yeah like i feel like love only works if someone is totally vulnerable with you and you're vulnerable with them so i don't think so i would i would say you can buy affection with money i would i don't okay you can yeah, buy affection I, I i i think i think it's very hard to love another human being completely the only thing you can love completely is like loving your child but because it's yeah that's that's it that's how it works but loving another human being i don't think you can truly love another human being okay that's also another interesting question but yeah. point is that almost everything has a name tag yeah in a oh, capitalist yeah. no not name tag a a price tag sorry a price, a price tag, tag. price tag yeah. sorry i meant price tag everything has a price you know mm-hmm. and uh our language gets ever more complex i think with ownership and mm-hmm. we need to create even more rules you know mm-hmm. look at the kinds That's of things good. that we have to do in our financial sector like with stocks mm. and like stock evaluations like look at how complex that world is you know mm-hmm. so yeah can you be spiritual without a soul? Uh so I think this conversation like what you've just been saying in the last few minutes has maybe changed everything about what I feel. I feel like so spirituality is just a name. That's it's a name. Yeah. It's just it's the language, right? It's the language mm-hmm. based off of our experiences, based off of yeah, our experiences as human beings, right? Mm-hmm. And and this name spirituality is used to Hmm, wait. So the name is, can you be spiritual or soul? The soul is an amalgamation of your experiences, right? The soul is what is influenced by your experiences. It is not possible to be spiritual if you do not have influence. If you do not have experience. So of course everyone Okay, so in this case, hmm. In this case maybe everyone is spiritual. So yeah, can you be spiritual that soul? We all have souls. We all have souls. If we accept that the soul is uh, the consciousness, right? The, the part yes, of yes, consciousness so, that we call yeah, the soul. Yes, of course, we, we all have souls. So it's not possible to be spiritual without a soul. And what what doesn't have a soul? A cockroach? I don't know. Well, we don't know if it has one. It's just like yeah. the thing is yeah, that we can't say we can't say for sure that it doesn't have one. Because I think they've done maybe it it's just the way we on like consciousness. Uh huh. And according to the way scientists they define consciousness, I don't think cockroaches and other in some insects have have consciousness do animals have consciousness yes yes animals have consciousness dogs have consciousness cows have consciousness pigs have consciousness okay Hmm. they do most animals most okay so it seems like with mammals and birds and other creatures so it's not like they've been able to discover it in all animals quite yet but there is evidence to say that animals do have some level of consciousness yeah then also what is the definition of consciousness i think this consciousness is like it's the one that's based on brain activity self-awareness etc etc 
I'm not so too sure. I'm looking at the basic definition of the word consciousness, and it's the state of being aware of and responsive to one's surroundings. If that is the case, then all living things are conscious. Yes, if that is the definition, then if that is the definition, then yes. Because yeah, you, you, you need to be able to be aware of your surroundings in order to survive. <laughs> you mm. know? Animals that aren't aware just die. Mm. Right? A predator mm-hmm. will get them. Or they'll get sick. And, or maybe they won't be able to find food. To some extent, then all animals... You're right. Or to some extent, then all animals are consciousness. If that's the definition we're working from. This is actually very interesting. It's worth looking into a bit more. But going back to okay, the soul. Can mm. you be spiritual without a soul? You say you can't. you can't. You can't because what doesn't have a soul? That's the question. First of all, before you prior to asking, can you be spiritual without a soul? The question should be what doesn't have a soul. Then, so, we, then we observe that. Then we observe that that entity and decide whether it can be spiritual or not. So the soul is part of the equation. Okay, so Oscar's yeah. back. Sorry for the. Yeah. Small technical problems. Anyway, Oscar, continue. Yeah. Uh, so what was I saying? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So like, it's not possible to. The soul has to be part of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at religion, religion, religion promises that after death, at least Christianity, that when you die, your soul will either go to heaven or to hell, right? Mm-hmm. So if there is no soul to speak about, heaven and hell cannot exist. Or rather, even though they exist, they will have no, no, no guests. Right. Right, 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 right. So there's no po- there's no possible way to be spiritual without a soul. So that's why I say in order to before asking this question to find out what doesn't have a soul, what isn't conscious, if consciousness is the soul. I generally agree with what you're saying. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can maybe completely agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any rebuttals, any problems with that mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm. think if we accept that the soul is a part of consciousness mm-hmm. then um it's it's not like maybe it's it's like the soul is then at that point the soul is always the equation it's part of the equation when it comes to spirituality it always has to be it always has to be and um yeah the People will need to find me uh, a being that is not conscious and spiritual. That would be quite mm. an interesting find, you know? Exactly, exactly. So right. until we find that, then I'll definitely say that you probably need a soul in order to be spiritual. Mm, 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 mm. And then we've talked about this quite a bit. I think leading up to like the last couple of questions is like, so is there a life after this one? Where does your soul go after you die? Your soul goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some religious people who probably got really upset when you said that. Yeah, you know, so like, so you know, last week we talked about death, right? Like, what, like, we did think talk about death. And we talked like, about death once or twice. Yeah. yeah, and I was thinking about like what I said, and I was trying to write to edit my thoughts on that. So what I what I came up with while I was thinking, no, just thinking, thinking to my thinking, and writing about my thoughts. And so think about this, like, when you die, when, what we call death is like when your heart stops to beat, right? Your physical, physical yes. death is what we yes. usually refer to, yeah. However, when you die, when you're buried, like, 
your biological matter goes into the soil it becomes food for worms bacteria and other organisms right uh-huh. so the cells that make up you turn into cells that become something else right so your physical being actually never ceases to be it just moves from one state to another right if you're talking about in terms of energy then yes that is true. yes it just moves from one state to another and so we can talk about you so maybe someone will say okay but what about your experiences right yeah what happens to my memories what happens to my personality yes. what happens to consciousness so now your relations your ambitions your resentments your joys right these things they end when you die right of course do they however they don't really end right because if you had a feud with someone right like imagine like those two families in america the famous families had feuds with the mccoys right yeah they had yeah, yeah. a feud for gen- right so it also with one with two people right mm. so even if those two people died the feud was still left to exist in this physical world right so... or your ambitions steve jobs died but apple is still a thing so like apple died with steve, steve jobs right in that way he, he yeah there have been there's, there's there's things that you can do to immortalize yourself so I think we we all become immortal to some degree. No one no one really dies. The only thing uh, that really, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's people who cannot be remembered at this no, point. And those people course, have like, suffered the true death. No not okay so it's not about being remembered. It is not about being the individual being remembered. It's aspects of that individual carrying on. It's so, not about Jason Musau to be remembered eternally, right? I'm pretty sure it's there's aspects like of Jason Musau. Like think about this, right? Uh-huh. I'm sure this there's something that there's a piece of information that you carry with you today and you're not aware where this information came from right uh-huh that information probably came from someone who died centuries ago but you carry that information with you today without knowing how who about... was the father who came up with this thing right how about the people who haven't had the chance to really involve themselves with anybody and they die what happens to those they people? had family right they had family i assume they had a father they had a mother they had siblings they had cousins they mm. didn't interact with someone to some degree right unless they were locked up from birth to death okay okay yeah so my my point here is that we don't really die the only thing that dies upon what we call our physical death is our attachment to these things that's the only thing that truly goes your attachment to your family your attachment to your job your attachment to your resentments and your fears that's okay. the only thing that ceases to be when we have a physical death. So what happens after you die? Nothing happens to you personally when you die. Because whatever you were is left here when you die. Not everything. You really you've explained that some part of you gets left behind. But now we're talking about the past that don't get left behind. What doesn't get you left behind? Your body is still in the in the ground. Your body is just turning into something else. What your are your memories? You said you've if rightly i actually agree with what you're saying some part of you mm-hmm. does live on but mm-hmm. then clearly your memories not all of your memories are here people don't just look at your memories right so that's people don't okay so, so like this is Where what they talk about gone? attachment this is what they talk about attachment right your memory are your attachment to those things so that's what i'm saying that's what ceases to be when you die that's what ceases to be the only thing you re- you'll bother to remember something is because you're attached to it one degree or another, right? Uh-huh. I wouldn't remember an experience I've never had, right? Uh-huh. But I remember... But there's also, there's also experiences because... that you've had that you've never explained to anyone, right? What happens yeah, but to it's, those experiences? It, like, the, like what, that's why I'm saying it's all about attachments. 
I recall it because I am attached to it. It doesn't mean I have to talk about it. And because I don't talk about it and I die without speaking about it, the attachment is lost. Right? Mm-hmm. So the only thing that ceases to be when you die is your attachments, are your attachment to these things and experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes, and your memories are those attachments. How about where's your emotions going? Your emotions are also attachments, right? Love is an I love something because I'm attached to it. I hate something because I'm also attached. I wouldn't hate something I don't I don't care about, right? Okay. I wouldn't okay. be resentful of an experience that has no has nothing to do with me. So okay. it's all attachment. Your your emotions like think about being going to work and being stressed stressed out by a class, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You wouldn't be stressed out if you knew you'll never see those kids again. You wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. Yeah, but because you know, I see these kids, I'm going to see them again next month. Oh, this this silly kids, these annoying kids. You become attached to the emotions you have about that class. Uh But if you were to leave that class and die, all those attachments, all that pain you have about that class is gone. It's gone now, right? Yep. And the pain are your attachments. So that's why I I would claim, I would allege that death is only the cessation of those of your touch of attachments but this is just me this is just me philosophizing but also we talked about I am the not physical a you have to include the physical death part too but uh, which i do which i say like yeah it's like your body being interred in the soils your mm. body just becomes another thing your body is still here but it's just something different now it changes forms for sure like, exactly but you yeah the cells so, like, got break get broken down but the elements that constituted your body that made mm. that made the composition of your body still exists in the world exactly exactly and now that's what i go back again to language and categorization right i'm having the challenges of this word categorization <laughs> so mm. like categorization there's nothing like in nature nothing truly ceases to be they just evolve from, they just change from one form of energy to another right it's something we learned like primary school science right yep pretty just shift, fact. yeah yeah it just shifts in energy right mm-hmm. and the only thing that there's there's only one thing they were the buddhists and the hindus say and that one thing is nature and as human beings we chose we tend we we divided things up we cut things down in nature this is a human this is a dog right oh, oh this human is alive that human was once alive but now is dead you know but even if you're dead, it's just like I once again I say your memories. It's only your memories, your attachments that are that are gone. But your body is still here. Your body is just doing something different now. It's not walking around. It's not eating. It's not cheating. It's now just feeding the bacteria and the worms in the ground. It's so, feeding the soil. Mm-hmm. Question: So why did people create the idea of an afterlife? People create the idea of an afterlife because of the fear of death. You need something to go towards. But we just um mm-hmm. like okay, yeah, let's but... not talk about the past for a minute. Let's talk about right now. Right now we understand mm-hmm. that you don't really physical death isn't necessarily true death, right? You don't just mm-hmm. disappear into nothingness. That doesn't really mm-hmm. coincide with the reality we we, we, we we live in, right? We know mm-hmm. for a fact that your body becomes something else. It's just a changing of energy. And even yes. your memories 
maybe not all of your attachments attachments mm. will be what you won't leave leave behind all of your attachments but if you live let's say a generally happy life with the people around you then you will be immortalized in some way or form even if you live a bad life hitler has been immortalized in a bad true. life even if you yeah. live a bad life like as long yeah. as you you have like it depends on how many people you influence i guess right yeah exactly um then the point being it's like why do you, you think people today will be able to accept mm-hmm. the fact that there is no afterlife we still debate it here and there but it's like do we really need an afterlife to exist as we are now as we are now i guess like i i will say most people will become okay like not everyone not everyone but the people who are staunch who are staunchly religious christians muslims all of these guys if they if they told there is no afterlife i think many of them will become nihilistic and it will be a very bad world if everyone is nihilistic which doesn't really make know. sense because technically if there is no afterlife mm-hmm. then you'd want to live the best the best life you can now because there's nothing after <laughs> yeah but okay so like what does the best life mean right because think about this a person who is a true what you call a good christian tries to be a good person and live a positive life right or even 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 a good okay i don't know yeah even a good muslim a good jew uh, whatever you want whatever religion right they believe to believe that i have to live the best possible life in so far as my religion believes a good life is so i am promised a, a, a good to i'm promised paradise after i die right yeah so what if that idea of like paradise is taken away then what do i do what do i do you live a proper life because this is the only life you'll ever get then what will the proper life be then then what, that's what, something what, what, what... so because think about it i have if my answer life... to that uh-huh. without religion uh-huh. If religion doesn't exist then people just need to go find their own answer to that. Okay, but now we're talking about like if this concept of the afterlife is taken away from people right now. Mm. If all your life you're told be good because if you are good you will go to heaven, right? Then when you're 30 you're told it's it's discovered by some scientist somewhere. Somehow. Like, yeah, let's just say yeah, somehow. Somehow, yeah. somehow it, is, it is discovered there is no heaven or hell. So you know that's what happens there is cognitive dissonance something that you believe you felt true for as long as as you were conscious as not conscious as long as you were able to absorb information and understand concepts is now no longer true what do you do with that so you're saying that like, some people aren't ready to die yeah they're not ready so the the maybe okay would you say the general public is like that or very or most people what 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 how like what is the amount of the approximate amount of people you think are like that the first thing i would look into is like how many people in the world are illiterate illiterate yes why why illiterate uh because like uh the the more illiterate illiterate the, the less literate society the more religious they are is that like a general trend yes like the most The country with the highest illiteracy rate is the most religious country in the world. America? No, that's not America. No, that's... no, the country with the with the highest illiteracy rates is the most religious country in the world. I think it was but, DRC, I think it was DRC or something. But then you have something like America where they're mostly Christians. And I'm pretty sure the literacy rate in America is decent. 
are they are they mostly christians or do they are they mostly so here's the it, thing christianity identify, is christianity is identify? number one followed by atheism i think atheism. Yeah, is that so the like, second or they, third group like the thing is are they religious or do they just identify as christians those are two different things because i've been a christian for most of my life i didn't I, but i didn't go to church oh uh, yeah when someone asks me what's your religion i say yeah i'm a catholic but i didn't go to but then if you do church. that you'll have to question every single result that you come up with every single like that's not something that's truly knowable is what i'm trying to say like if somebody yeah, says true, hey true. i'm a christian then it's like you would you question them oh that means you maybe you're not really religious right it's like how how do yeah. you really know that how do you really know that is there like a, a, uh, a tattoo or stamp that they get you don't know that so right? like he, he i will say someone's religious if they go to church every every other sunday every sunday they they do their hail marys i'm as, pretty as sure there's plenty of people who do that and still do drugs and still do like some fucked up shit right yeah i'm not saying i'm not saying being religious means you're a good person and I'm, I'm not saying that because muslims poor religious kill people in the name of allah right I'm i mean even, actually i'm even saying that they can do all of the practices of the religion to a t mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. not really believe in it it's not truly like i'm accepting what you're saying it's like these people mm-hmm. might not really be religious but we mm-hmm. can't take that argument because it's not truly knowable is my argument yeah but also nothing is truly knowable right that's, that's also why true we always, so yeah, that's like why that's why in this case because we're trying yeah. to figure out like mm. so it was the literacy versus religious re- yes. religiousness religiousness yes uh, religiosity i'm not sure yeah we have to take into account that let's just say that for the sake of arguing these people who say that they're christians are fully christians and they truly believe in whatever that they're preaching and learning mm um yeah but so, why but why because i'm telling you like it's a rabbit hole if you start debating every single person who says that they are christian and you don't believe that they're not because like i said you'll go down this rabbit hole of like okay so how many days do you practice every week and it's like we have to start drawing like these very complex lines in order to constitute what is a christian and what isn't and do you want to mm-hmm. do that do you want to apply that to every religion and it's just like it's just easier yeah, I mean, let's like, just say it's just easier let's just say a person who claims he's a christian will take his word for it he is he truly believes in his religion he truly is religious yeah, maybe 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 we'll take away some per- percentage we'll be kind we'll take away some percentage and say these are the people who roughly don't believe who aren't religious despite themselves mm-hmm. calling christians mm-hmm. but i'm trying to do this because for the sake of argument Hmm, I wouldn't make that assumption still. Again, it realistically you're right, but I'm just saying for the sake of this argument because mm. it's very it'll be very complicated. It'll be like literally something we'll talk about for hours. Yeah, but it's not like with any it's not like with our conclusion we ever come to a conclusion, right? It's just discussion. Well, this episode has to come to a conclusion at some point. <laughs> I I mean like the discussion can end, but there's no conclusion to that discussion, right? Uh-huh. Actually, actually, yeah. we're in our final, yeah. like the next like five minutes is probably the final. No, then you were, you were gone for like seven minutes. That's fine. We still have time. I was gone for seven. No, I couldn't be gone for seven minutes. Jesus. Like like five seven minutes. You were gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, going back to your point, um, literacy versus um, people who are religious. 
the population mm -hmm. are religious what mm -hmm. is the correlation yeah so i i i, I know that religious said the most religious societies are also the most illiterate but then i brought in like there's some countries that defy that right like, yeah okay it doesn't really okay look at this let's look at this uh what is it what's the percentage of what percentage of america claims to be re religious in whatever sense what percentage what's the percentage of religious people in america i would assume that the people who claim to be christians are religious yes yes so what's that percentage in america 70 70 okay and what's the literacy in america 60 70 or so 60. okay so what which country has this is that true wait let me let's look that up i'm pretty sure it might be higher than that mm -hmm. it's probably higher than that 86 percent. yeah that sounds eight percent right. literally 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 literacy, literacy rate, rate is 86 percent. yes okay now look at congo literacy rate drc drc Religiousness. Let's just put uh, USA. And oh, actually, it's not even seventy percent or sixty-five percent of uh, Americans claim to be Christian. Uh but still, we're talking about religiousness, right? So the others yeah, are like yes, Mormons. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just religion. I'm talking about religion, not like Christianity specifically. So, including like the other religions, then it's just a total of 26% of the total population has no formal religious identity. 26%? Yeah, has no formal religious identity. So, the rest do believe in a religion or are mm. align themselves with a religion, with a specific religion. So, 26%, mm -hmm. that's around 73, 74. Mm. 74% of Americans are religious you know mm -hmm. but i've given you an anomaly right already so that goes against what you said wait wait what did i say you i said mm -hmm. the countries that are most illiterate are also the most religious and i'm like but you have yes, yes. some countries like even russia i'm pretty sure russia like there's a huge amount of christians there right mm, of, course, of course and the literacy rate will be like 70 or 80 percent at the very mm. least so i'm just like that already goes against what you're saying yeah so like think about this right you've talked about america having 26 percent people who do not associate themselves with religion right mm -hmm. so what you find is that a country that is truly religious, right, wouldn't have an, that high a number of atheism, right, or people not affiliate with religion. I'm pretty. When has there ever been a country that's fully religious? Uh, I would say, I would say many African countries are fully religious. No, I would say Somalia. I would say Somalia is fully religious. I would say Ethiopia is fully religious. Okay, so you're talking about when you say fully religious, it's not fully, fully, but like. 90 percent and above right 99 99 i'm pretty sure there's like two percent of kenyans that are like atheists but point yeah, is i am yeah but point I'm, is like, mostly saying, most right? most people like 90 95 percent okay fair enough so, yeah. so listen to this uh, a gallup survey in one in 114 countries in 209 shows that religion 
religion continues to play an important role in people's blah, blah, blah. The global median pro- proportion of adults who say religion is important part of their daily lives is 84% globally, right? Yep. That was in 2009. That was in 2009, however. So religion religion being very important in your life. This is a survey they were doing in 114 countries, right? Uh-huh. Number one is Bangladesh. 99 plus, 99% plus of people say religion is an important part of their daily life. Uh-huh. Right? What's the literacy rate in, in Bangladesh? What's the economic, what's the GDP of Bangladesh? Like, if I'm looking, I'm looking at just the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten countries. Uh-huh. Just guess, uh, and just, you don't have to have the exact numbers, but just imagine the economies of these countries, right? Uh-huh. Number one, Bangladesh. Number two, N- Niger. Number three, Yemen. Indonesia. Uh-huh. Malawi. Sri Lanka. Somaliland. Djibouti. Mauritania. Burundi. Uh-huh. How do you think these countries are doing economically? And this country, all, all third world them, countries. Oh, yeah? The all third world countries. Exactly. All of them are 99% plus. In so far as the question is religion an important part of your daily life. Right? Yeah. So if we go down to America. America, America. So countries where so countries where religion is an important part of your daily life. Number one, Estonia. 16%. I know is or religion is still a part is is a part is an important part of your daily life. Only 16% of Estonians say that religion is an important part of their daily life. Number two is Sweden, then Denmark, then Japan, then Hong Kong, then UK, then Viet- Vietnam. I'm surprised to find it there. Then France, Russia, Belarus. Also, we have to end that soon. But yeah, we'll end yeah. with this. Continue. Mm. So like you can see like religiosity in a country affects number one your economy affects your literacy rates maybe i don't think it affects but maybe they this maybe it's i'm not sure if it's correlation of causation i'm not really sure maybe just correlation there's definitely a correlation i give you that yes because it's all the third world countries that have this high rates of religiosity and all the wealthy countries seem to have close to none not not none but yeah close to not very low very low numbers it does say something about this right and, uh, I I didn't necessarily when I started this argument I didn't necessarily agree or disagree with you. I'm just trying mm. to say that uh, we can't assume anything. So if you're gonna say like oh you know a a and b are like very linked together, then we have to follow that to its final conclusion. So that's what I wanted to see. But realistically, from our own experiences and what we saw back at home. We can understand why countries that are poorer economically have this inclination, like the public in those poorer countries have this inclination to move towards religion. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's because they don't have anything else, right? Mm, mm, mm. So when you have this like um, deity or figure that could potentially gift you a better life, right? It's like, why not take a chance and believe in that, right? Because yeah, so, actually, so what was the question that led to this discussion? I don't even remember. So the, the original question was, was about, um, do, would, the, would, would, would the, the public and the common people be able to accept the idea of not having an afterlife? Yeah, so I will say in all of these countries where there is poverty, I will say no. I will say no. 
and actually well thinking about it more it's like i do agree i do think like Mm. there is a large amount of people that aren't Mm. let's just say ripe for the the idea isn't ripe enough for them it's not a good idea just yeah let people be people. Let, let them have. Let, we should all have our religions. We should all be as religious as we want to be. What, what do you What do you tell the fishermen in Somalia that have had the waters, the seas being commercially, commercially what robbed from them, right? Mm-hmm. By the bigger mm-hmm. international like big ships that fish there, you know. Yeah. Okay. And they can't feed their families. They can't make any mm-hmm. money, and. Um, what do you tell them that there's no heaven there's no afterlife just it's just this daily shit fucking shit every day this is all you have this, this is all you have <laughs> you know yeah. then they will truly go crazy right yeah they're already yeah, they're already crazy. losing it as it is you know religion is probably like holding them back to some that's extent why I would, that's why i say you cannot take away the concept of the afterlife from people it's wrong. It's it's I would say it's morally wrong to take it away from me. It's morally wrong to take it morally away. Morally wrong. Okay. You yes. know what? Yeah. We'll we'll attack we'll we'll attack that in another episode. So any yeah. final thoughts? Uh no final thoughts. Uh, nothing to say. Just uh, we have one more week to talk about spiritual and religion. Then we'll move on to our next topic that we are yet to discuss. We'll come up with Actually we have two more week. weeks, I think. No, no, it's just next week. It's just next week. When does this month end? Okay, we know we'll look at that later. Well, the seventeenth. Well, it's just next week. Okay, okay, well, okay. Um, yeah, okay. Take care, man. Take care. Take care. Wait, what? You need to say bye to our listeners, Oscar. Oh, jeez, jeez, I, I totally forgot I was doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just having a call. <laughs> yeah, you forgot okay. <laughs> man, habits, man, habits. Poor okay. habits. Anyway, listeners, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate all the comments and the requests for topics and discussions to be had. To Nails, Nathan, we appreciate you listening, giving us a suggestion to start up. Oh, this, we're having shout-outs now. We have shout-outs shout outs now. Nice. Yeah, he's the guy who gave us the session of light versus darkness, you know, so we have to give him a shout. Good stuff, Nathan. Good stuff. Yeah, so thank you so much. Uh, we will come up with more discussions, and we look forward to coming up with a theme for next month the month of april spring jason spring oh, cherry spring. blossoms yes okay 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 all right thank you so much guys for listening and bye 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 oscar thank you bye bye